If you believe, then just throw on a pair of your comfiest, coziest headphones and get ready to enjoy another episode of RSL Season Pass. Brought to you by your fearless hosts, Alex, Ethan, and Cody, as they bring you up to speed on all the latest news and rumors about Real Salt Lake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RSL Season Pass. I am Ethan Kershaw, and I am joined today by only Cody Kershaw to bring you all things Real Salt Lake for the last two weeks now. We have been gone for a little bit, gone a little bit without an episode. That is mainly in part due to the fact that me, Cody, and Alex are all extremely busy at this time. So we ask for you guys' forgiveness on on not having recorded in quite some time. We are trying to, to figure out the days that work best for us to record. But like I mentioned, we are all super busy right now as it is the summer. And we all have, well, I guess end of summer. And we all still have a lot of things going on. Um, we have a, we have a jam packed episode because it's been some time since we've recorded, uh, on the episode today, we, uh, we're going to go ahead and forego our pod trivia segment. Um, Alex is not here. Alex has been super busy with his teaching, um, job. So he is not with us today. No pod trivia. We will have our Monarchs minute segment. Um, and we will have a little bit of a Royal roundup as well. We have a lot of club news to dig into, a lot of things happening with the team um, during this break um, while they haven't played a game. And then speaking of the games, we have to go all the way back to the end of August to review the Portland game, the beginning of September to review the Colorado game. And then we're going to go ahead and at the end finally preview the San Jose game this weekend. You're going to be, you're all going to, I'm sure you're going to all be watching the game, but we'll We'll talk about the uh, how that game went next week on our episode. But before we dive into all of the goodness that is this episode, Cody, how are you doing? I am doing very well. It's good to be back on another episode recording with you, and I'm excited to, to dive into some of the things that we've got today. I do want to say, if you guys are missing Alex on the episode, uh, just reach out to him and let him know that you'll pick up his teacher's salary so that he can quit <laughs> as a teacher and just do podcasting full-time. Uh, so as soon as you can do that, that would be awesome. Uh, n- but not even joking. We, we've all been pretty busy. Alex is, is pretty swamped with his uh, teaching stuff, and we do not blame him at all. Um, this past weekend was a good one for me. I was able to play two outdoor games. Uh, we won the first one like eight or nine to one. I got a goal in that game. And then the second game we lost four to one, and I scored our only goal in that game. But... Uh, either way, it was great weather, it was good exercise, and overall just good vibes. Good vibes and good times. So, Ethan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Sounds like you're doing well. You haven't, you haven't lost your competitive edge, but I can feel that you are kind of coming more to terms about whatever happens, happens. So that's great to hear. Um, I think as fam- you get older, it, it becomes a fact of life. You just have to accept that uh, some of that stuff's out of your control at that point. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're getting there. I'm glad you're uh, you're joining the old people club. <laughs> um, I, I'm doing great. Um, man, family's good. Baby's growing like a weed. Um, learning tons <laughs> of new stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, just just for me, it's the same thing. I'm just super busy with work. Lots of things going on right now. Trying to get stuff together. Um, it's it gets a lot busier when you've got a kid and then you've just got a bunch of stuff to do. So, um, but yeah. It's it's been great. Been thinking about RSL in the back of my mind, even though there hasn't been a game for like two weeks or so. Um, we will get back at it this weekend, and so I am excited for the game. Um, and then two home games next week, um, which we'll preview in our next week's episode. Um, before we dive into this one, though, if you haven't already, be sure to follow us at RSL Season Pass on Twitter. You can also find all of our episodes at www.rslseasonpass.com. Once again, thank you to everybody who has left a rating and or review um, wherever you get your podcasts. We very much appreciate those. It really helps the podcast grow. And also, while you're over there on the uh, on the website, go ahead and drop a question in the pod trivia database. So when Alex does get back, he's not disappointed and he has some questions to pick from to use uh, to use on the episodes for, for Cody and I. So uh, once again, thank you all for tuning into the episode today. 
We are very, very sorry that it has been quite some time since we've recorded, but uh, hopefully we can catch you up on all of the RSL content and get you prepared for this weekend's game, get you excited and ready um, and energetic, because uh, as an RSL fan, we all know that we need that energy right now. Uh, end of the season's approaching. RSL's been on a, a bit of a, a bad streak lately. Uh, streak technically ended, but man, you never know. You never know. Uh, it was still still Colorado, hasn't so. looked great. Yeah, there's there's a sour taste in the mouth. Is is I guess what I'll say. Um, but man, we've we've talked far too long. I know that nobody really wants to know some of the things that we've talked about already. So let's get into stuff that everybody wants to hear. Once again, we mentioned there is no pod trivia question on the episode today. Um, pod trivia question: When is the next episode that Alex will be back? No, I'm just kidding. Um, hopefully, he is back <laughs> soon with us. We're gonna go ahead and jump into the Monarchs minute. Um, Cody, do you want to do you want to handle the Mo- Monarchs minute today? Yeah, this is going to be a very modified version of it because we Go don't have a ton aside from updating uh, on the recent result from the Monarchs game. So this was on the 10th of September. The Monarchs lost 2-0 to zero at Colorado Rapids 2. Um, it looked like the Monarchs were going to start off uh, on, a, on, a, on a solid note on the, on the right foot. Axel Kai had a goal it looked like that was called back for offsides. That would have started out the game to be 1-0. Uh, however, after losing that momentum, they did drop two goals to Colorado. This doesn't necessarily bode terribly for the Monarchs. They've done well in their recent outings, getting two draws and two wins in their previous four. Um, and the, this Colorado team that they lost to is, is top of the Western Conference, being, a, being at a record right now of 17 wins, five draws, and four losses. So they are a good team. Um, and we had a solid outing against them, and I, and I think we'll we'll probably pick it up going forward. So that is your Monarchs news for right now. Uh, their next game is going to be on the 15th, so just on this coming Friday, and they're going to be playing against Tacoma Defiance. Um, just as a little update where, where the Monarchs currently sit, they are 11th right now in the Western Conference, and they have officially been eliminated from the playoffs. Um, so unfortunately no chance for the playoffs for them this year in MLS next pro, but we are seeing encouraging signs. You mentioned the Colorado game. Let's not forget that Colorado played essentially their starters for their first team in this game for Colorado Rapids too. So it was essentially our Monarchs team facing Colorado's first team. A two nil loss is, is it's tough, but I mean, you can't get too beat up over that. Um, I, I, I feel like they played well enough. And uh, hopefully, brighter days ahead for the Monarchs. So they have we shall they see. have a crazy goal differential of plus thirty. Uh, Colorado Rapids too do so. Oh yeah, they are kind yeah, of a it's... team on fire, and they are obviously playing uh, quite a few of their starters for the first team. So it's almost not fair. I mean, they just decided that they wanted to get some sort of hardware this year. Like you're not getting the Rocky Mountain Cup, as we'll talk about in the episode today. You're not winning MLS. So I guess they just decided, hey. Let's just go for MLS Next Pro, try and get a trophy there, and, and call it a year. Um, and it what looks a mess. like that's what they're going for. But that is not a Good mess. luck to true. them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> goodness me. I guess if we're not there, go ahead and win it, Colorado. Sure, why not? It'll be sure. funny to see a team play all of their like starters for their first team in Next Pro and just win the whole thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, next up for the Real Monarchs is the team just under the Colorado Rapids 2, Tacoma Defiance. Um, currently sit second in the West with 52 points play in two days. Um, so that would be on Friday, uh, September 15th. Uh, I mean, I see a loss in coming for the Monarchs, but who knows? They're playing better as of late, so we shall see. Um, Cody, let's go ahead and move on to the Royal Roundup. I see you have a piece of news for us. Go ahead and let us know what's happening with the Royals. Definitely will. So this is not necessarily the Royals news, but this is just something that I think is interesting news for everyone to be aware of in case you would like to attend. Um, The Royals have posted on their Twitter that they are going to be hosting a international friendly between Team USA and Colombia on, I think this is October 27th. Um, So if you would like to go to that, it might be kind of fun to go watch the women's national team play and watch them get some reps in against Team Colombia. Um, I think that would be a game that we would all pretty much expect Team USA to win. Um, so who knows? Might be fun to go watch and and uh, maybe 
the Royals are going to get some scouting done in that game uh, as far as hopefully some player signings eventually. So that is all we've got for the Royals right now. Again, not a huge piece of news, but just something to keep in mind in case you want to attend. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that would be very exciting to go to. So make sure to go to that game if you are interested uh, between USA and Columbia. If you are a Colombian in Utah, I think that would be a great game for you to go to. Definitely. Um, all right, let's go ahead and jump into the club news. I mentioned we have a lot to get to. So we're going to go ahead and just start firing off the pieces of news. Um, I would say the most recent thing after the last game that we mentioned or we talked about was that Pablo Ruiz underwent successful surgery. We mentioned his timetable is out for the rest of the season. Could be back for the playoffs, but I think it's very unlikely that he would start any of those games. They would probably just ease him in more than anything else in the first or in the last like few minutes of the game, really. Um, I, I tend to think that they probably will play this a little more cautious just for Pablo Ruiz's future. And so I think he's probably going to be out for the rest of the year. Um, just let him take the offseason to kind of ramp up and rev up and get back, and hopefully we can have him for next season. Yeah, I think that's uh, that probably makes the most sense to me, too. I think even if he is healthy, they, they likely don't risk it. And if they do, he maybe gets 20, 30 minutes a game time subbing in in a playoff game. And even then, I think that's risky. So if if your approach, I think, with Pablo at that point is we have a good midfield mid, midfielder here who was a solid piece in our team. Let's make sure we keep him healthy for next year. I agree. I agree. Uh, wow. Wow. Do we miss Pablo Ruiz? Uh, get well soon, Pablo. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, also during the break for RSL international break, RSL had some players that were called up for international duty. Jefferson Sabrina was called to the Venezuelan national team. Rubio Rubin was called to the Guatemalan national team where he has excelled. Kevon Lambert, newcomer for RSL, has been called to Jamaica. And Brian Ojeda was called up to the Paraguayan national team. These players have been playing for their national teams and should return before RSL's game this weekend, I believe. Um, anything you want to talk about or comment on there? Happy for these guys that they get call-ups to the national team. And it's great to see that we got a Jamaican national team now player now. Too, so. uh-huh. Yeah, no, this is awesome. I think this is everything that, t- that is to be expected for players getting called up to their national teams. It's just players like Rubio Rubin getting those reps in with the national team and honestly getting that confidence I think is pretty big for players who don't necessarily see consistent starts and, and consistent first team minutes for RSL. Uh, I think even especially for, for someone like Brian Ojeda to get reps for you know Paraguay, it seems like those players you know, have a tendency to find more confidence with their national teams. So hopefully, uh, you know, they get some some reps in and they're able to to feel good about where they stand afterwards. Yeah, I agree. I think we'll talk about Rubio Rubin here in a little bit as well. Um, I have a feeling I'll talk about him probably if I get the opportunity to. Um, Elijah Paul has been loaned to Larna FC, this, the same team that Haziel Orozco is loaned to. They are in the Irish League Premiership. Um, so Elijah Paul going overseas to play some soccer over in Ireland. Um, obviously, he was playing a lot with the Monarchs, not getting a lot of uh, first-team call-ups onto the bench lately um, due to a relatively healthy RSL team, so he has been loaned over to Ireland. Uh, do you think this is a good move for Elijah Paul? I honestly think it probably is if he gets playing time. Yeah. I think anywhere Elijah Paul can go to get playing time is going to be good for him. And unfortunately, I don't think that's with the Monarchs right now. I would love to see Axel Kai be able to take over that striker position and solidify himself there. So uh, another piece of, of, I guess, information or news to go with that, Haciel Orozco made his first start for Larn on uh, September 2nd in their game, and he actually got man of the match uh, from his first start there. So if Alex was here, he would go on a but probably a 10-minute rant right now about why we it's should true. not have loaned out Haciel Orozco. Um but it's, it is good to see that, you know, in his first start, he's getting man of the match for his work there. So uh, I hope Elijah Paul can find success there as well. And who knows? Pablo Ruiz was a similar situation where we loaned him out and brought him back, and he was a completely different player. And he was able to grow upon, you know, what he learned and and uh, the skills that he developed. So if we can get, you know, close to that with either of these two players, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I think it's good development for both of them right now. And uh, hopefully... 
they come back better than they were when they left. I think that's yep. the the ideal way to develop a player on a loan. Um, Haziel Orozco looks like he's getting significant minutes with uh, with Larn. I mean, at this point, or at least is in for it in the future at this point. Um, so I think he's got bright days ahead for his development. And who knows? Maybe RSL calls him back uh, with with the lack of depth, I would say, in the back line for maybe next year. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But I would like that. I think that'd be a good move for him. Yep. Um, Delance Pierre, speaking of loans, he has been loaned to the Colorado Switchbacks of the USL. Uh, Delance Pierre was most recently also playing with the Monarchs. Um, I think the Monarchs are just kind of deciding, you know what? Our season's over. We're not making the playoffs. Let's just get these guys some experience. Have them to continue to play um, somewhere else where we're not playing right now in the playoffs. I think it's a good move. Um, I'm assuming that all these guys can be called back when they're when when we need them or when we want them. So I think it's a good move to get uh, to get some guys some playing time. I am going to line up a little bit differently on this one. I don't think this is a great move for Delens Pierre, even if he does get playing time. I I have a hard time with it when we see players that go from getting major league soccer minutes uh, down to a lower division. Uh, and even in a place where I don't know if he's going to be starting consistently. I would hope that he does. Um, the only way I think this turns out to be a good thing is if he does get consistent min- consistent minutes and is able to grow himself. I just don't know if that's going to be a great environment for him to grow. Um, but prove me wrong. Hopefully he you know does learn, does grow, comes back, and ends up being a, you know, a, key, a key piece in our team somewhere. I may have spoken to you quickly. Colorado Spring switchbacks have six games remaining on the season, um, and they currently sit in eighth place in the West. That is the last playoff spot in the West for them, um, but they are tied with Monterey Bay for that eighth spot at 37 points. So they are fighting to stay um, up to stay in the playoffs, and if they can make the playoffs, Lens Pierre can be on a USL Championship playoff team. Not something you really want to stick on your resume, but uh, at least maybe playing quite impressive. Hopefully, <laughs> yes, oh, it's great. Uh, but if they win it all, uh, that'd be good. If, especially if Delens has a big part to play in that. But I don't think he will. It'd have I don't know. to beat the Colorado starters. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Coming into a team, I guess mid-season or near the end of the season is always difficult as well. So it is tough. You might yep. be onto something with Delens Pierre there. Um, Gennaro Nigro has been loaned to ADO Den Haag in the Eredivisie. Um, that is the Dutch league. This is under the David Blitzer umbrella. Again, another Monarchs player getting loaned out to uh, to somewhere out in Europe. And so um, hopefully, best of luck to Nigro. He is playing pretty well for the Monarchs. And so uh, I, I'm just going to say it's a good move. Opportunity to maybe play in a different environment and get some development for Nigro. So. Yeah, I, I am, I'm going to call this actually, I really like this move for him. I think the... Uh, the Eredivisie has shown that it can be a place where players can grow. Uh, is this... It looks like here they might be in the second division of the Eredivisie. Ooh, they, they might have just gotten relegated. I, it's kind of confusing however Google is showing this. It shows them in the Eredivisie for last year. Unless the Breaking the, news! Adio no Den Haag has been relegated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 100% sure what league they're in. It's showing me two different leagues here, so... Let's but uh, if if we're the under the assumption, if we are in the Eerste Divisie and they are in the Eerste Divisie, so this is the second division of soccer in okay. Netherlands. Yes, they are. Yeah, in it looked there. like they had gotten. Uh, looked like they had gotten relegated. They, so anyway, I was going to say so, the. Sorry, they're they're currently in ninth place right now. For anybody that cares, season just started. Um, they've got seven points out of four games so yeah that's season's young they've got time to play so who knows that was the part that i think i was, was going to hit on is that the fact yep. that this is a, that he's going to a team that's just hitting the beginning of their season still i think yeah. he has the opportunity to work his way into the squad being in a, a secondary division in the in the netherlands is is not it's not outside the realm of possibility that he can become a starter for a team like that um so how awesome would that be if he did and then we're able to bring him back I think he showed some some glimpses of, of being really good for the Monarchs. And, yeah, I mean, I, the same sentiment follows. If he, if he does well and can grow a little bit and come back and show he's, he's a good player, then I think it's a good move. I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, imagine if he could help this team get back up to the Eredivisie in the, the first tier. 
of Netherlands soccer. That would be uh, that'd be huge for Gennaro Negro. Yep. Um, so we shall see what happens there. Um, last piece of club news we wanted to talk about. This was something a little more recent. Um, we'll talk about the the Portland game and the Colorado game. But if you were wondering why um, Danny Masovsky was was not starting for uh, for those games, um, I believe he wasn't even looks like he wasn't even available for either of those games. I believe. Let's see. I mean, he wasn't available for the Portland game. Um, yeah, he was. He was not available for the Colorado game either. Looks yep, like. Not available. Um, in case you're wondering why he wasn't available, according to a report that was, uh, from what I saw recently put out by Tom Boger, I believe, who was the one who who first broke on it, um, or the one that I had at least seen that first broke on it. Um, it, it seems that Danny Masovsky was seeking has been seeking a contract extension from RSL. Um, RSL has not extended that contract extension to him at this point. And for that reason, Danny Masovsky has not been at training with the team lately. Um, this is a bit of a slippery slope. I, from what I understand, he was seeking a long-term extension. Um, Danny Masovsky, 27 years old right now. Some people are saying he's a little old, uh, especially for a long-term extension. To that, I say I don't care. Um, Danny Masovsky was, before he had left training and left the team and I mean, don't get me wrong. This is like this has bad vibes written all over it. He was one of the biggest contributors contributors for the team, especially playing alongside Chicho. He was he was a starter. It was almost nailed in as like penciled in as him as a starter up top with Chicho. Um, I don't. I, I understand people may have like concerns about his age, but I'm fine with giving him at the very least a two year extension if he's looking for something long term. Sign him to a three or four year deal. Show him that you have the faith in him that he can be that guy up, up top next to Chicho. He's only 27 years old. Like, that's not super old. You sign, what, four years? That gets him up to like 31. Maybe that's at the point where he starts to go downhill a little bit. But, like, we need Danny Masovsky and we need him to be happy with the team. Yeah, at the end of the day, we, I mean, you nailed it. We either need Danny Musovsky or we need a player like Danny Musovsky to play with Chicho Arango. And yep. so far, the other strikers have not shown they can be like Danny Musovsky or at least contributing to that to that same level. Uh, I think he deserves at least a, a few years extension on his contract. Yeah, it gets a little sketchy when players start getting into you know their early 30s. You start wondering, you know, worrying about injury. We've seen it with Demir a little bit, um, but I, I definitely think he's earned a spot in this team. Yeah. Um, so so let's play let's play a little hypothetical game then. Let's say Danny Masovsky just continues to hold out for whatever reason, and I'm not sure the contract ramifications if he stays out the rest of the year, if he loses money, what that kind of entails for his contract or his like state of being with the team. Um, but let's say he's let's say he's gone for the rest of the season. Who is your preferred striker alongside Chicho Arango? Is it? Demir Krylock, Rubio Rubin, or Anderson Julio. If I had to pick a, if I had to yes, pick you one have of those to, three, unfortunately, if I have to pick from one of those three, and if you're saying we keep the formation, then I say Anderson Julio. I don't really love that because I don't like Anderson Julio's link-up play as much as I like his ability to run in behind to a through ball mm -hmm. and score that way. However, if I had my preference, I'd say we don't play any of them. We put Diego Luna at a at a uh, kind of like a false nine position, just sits a little bit lower than Chicho and plays more of a link up role. Um, and we just keep Chicho as as the lone striker up top. Uh, I would like to see how that works out. But. That would be nice. Um, but what what say you, Ethan? What do, what would you prefer? I don't think that Pablo is going to shy away from from the formation. I think um, I don't think you know, he will either. As long as it's I mean, it really hasn't been working lately, but I, it was working. I think he sticks with it and tries to see this out. Um, and so, this <laughs> I'm probably going to get torched for it because I said that this guy should be like the sixth string striker for RSL like a month or two months or something ago. I think it's Rubio Rubin. Um, and I... I'm looking at the Guatemalan scores. He did not score in either of Guatemala's national team games, which is unfortunate um, because we need him to have that confidence. Once he has that confidence with the Guatemalan national team and he comes back, he's like a different player for RSL, at least in the beginning. 
Um, and that's what he did after the last international break with Guatemala. He played well. He came back to RSL, and he continued to play well. Um, I think the biggest problem is it just doesn't last for him. It's, it's it might not last consistent. for a game or two, and his consistency is always what's, it's true. what's brought him down. It's true. It's 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 like disgusting and hard for me to say Rubio Rubin should be in that spot. But at the same time, like as much as I love Anderson Julio, uh, almost every time I just feel like he is so much more effective coming off the bench. And I hate to label him as just a bench guy. And Alex is always like, oh, Alex will always say, man, I, I don't want this guy to be just a bench guy. He's got more talent on that. I think he can be a starter if he just refines a few things. I think he can. I just don't know if he's going to get there. And from what I've seen, he's so much more effective off the bench. And so I would prefer like a, a 60-30 split with Rubin and Anderson Julio. Like first 60 minutes, it's Rubin. And then like last 30 minutes of the game is Anderson Julio. He comes in and I feel like that's where he has been most effective. For me, yeah. I, don't need, I don't even know if Dami gets playing time. Maybe he comes in as a late sub for like Chicho if stuff's just like not working. But like neither of us are Dami's picking Dami for this this other starting spot. Like he he just looks cooked at this point. I think he's been really a big sad. Letdown. He's yeah. been a big letdown for for what if you'd expected anything out of him, you've been let down. So uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't pick him for that second striker position. I think you use Dami as a veteran player, and it's it. It really sucks to say, but I think in more of a, a Scott Caldwell role, you bring him in if you need some some veteran yeah. player on the field, and you use him to boost morale in the locker room and and you know help show the young guys the ropes. But shall we move on? Oh goodness, that's pretty gross. Um, yes, let's let's go ahead and move on. I was just looking at the Venezuelan national team. Savarino did not score either, um, which is not great. Um, so these guys will be coming home. They played their last games, looks like, yesterday, so they should all be available for the, the Earthquakes games. Let's go ahead and move on. If you remember way back when, or if you don't remember, because some of us, kind of like me, tried to erase this game from our memories. Uh, it was the Portland game. RSL had been on that losing streak after playing double games against Houston, and that had an opportunity to redeem themselves away in Portland. However, that did not go as planned for RSL. They ended up losing this game 2-1 to one, thanks to two goals from Portland. Santiago Moreno gets the first one in the 13th minute. Very quick attacking player. I was very wary of him in this game. and He gets the goal to open things up. Felipe Mora gets a goal in the second half for Portland. And they're up 2-0. They're really just cruising. Um, but then at, near the end of the game, Chicho Arango has subbed into this game. And Brian Vera takes an absolute banger of a shot. It's on target, but Chicho just slightly deflects the ball and the way it was going, and it slips past the goalkeeper, David Bingham, for a goal for RSL. So they lose this game 2-1. to one. A little bit of rotation up top for RSL to start this game. You've got Rubio, Rubini, Anderson, Julio starting up top, and then you had Bodie Hidalgo on the right side. I'm kind of getting a little bit of rotated play. Otherwise, it was mostly starters with Anelli, Palacio, Brian Ojeda, Diego Luna, Brody, Vera, Glad, and McMath. Um, this was not a great game. I, I think Portland thoroughly controlled most of the play. They just looked like the better team. It was a bit disappointing. Um, I was kind of expecting more from RSL. They did have five shots on target as opposed to two for Portland. But Portland just with the, the better quality when it came time to put goals away. Um, shots a little wayward. 14 shots to seven shots for, for RSL. They had the advantage there. Just kind of out of control, not really quality shots that they were getting. 14 fouls as opposed to 13 for Portland. Um, corners, RSL had seven as opposed to three for for, for Portland. I, I I think that they they had chances to win this game, but they couldn't capitalize at any point. I mean, Portland really should just punish them with opportunity. So what do you think, Cody? Yeah, there is there's something to be said about the def the defensive effort in this game. Yeah. In the in the, in the, in the negative sense for RSL, the first goal that scored is just a wide open header that Glad doesn't step to, Hidalgo doesn't step to. They're both in the vicinity and honestly I think you can place blame on both of them. I do think Justin Glad should have stepped up and at least con contested that header. Because the header that Moreno gets is just wide open. It's wide open in the box. It's, oh, wait, it's way I forgot too, about that goal. Yeah, it's That's way terrible. too easy of a header to I agree. to be able to give in that position. And there's really nothing McMath can do. Uh, the second goal, I 
it, it the player comes in between uh, Vera and Andrew Brody. I think the fault of this one honestly falls to the midfield. No one tracked him running back. They kind of dropped him and assumed that you know a defender would pick him up. However, Brian Vera and Andrew Brody are already marking players. Um, and so it, it sucks to see that that's how the goal came. And, and to be fair, this was not an, an easy shot. It was a good pass, a first-time finish, just right above McMath. Um, and so, I, you know, there's, there is probably more that can be done as far as tracking in the midfield goes there. Um, and obviously, I think that's what you see when you've got a player like Palacio and Ojeda who haven't played together a ton. Uh, obviously missing Ruiz, and I think they're probably still trying to figure that out. Um, but I will say I really enjoy watching Brian Vera get involved with the attack, and we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit as well. Um, but especially in this game, he he was involved with the attack, and I think watching him do that, the fact that we have a center back that's able to kind of hang out on the edge of that box area for corners while we've got Glad you know, in the mix for the headers and Vera behind for these left-footed shots, I, I actually really like that dynamic. Yeah, I I tend to agree. The defending was really, really bad for both goals in this game. Um, you mentioned the second goal. It, it uh, On the right side, there was nobody on that side of the field, and Portland just allowed plenty of time to score that goal. The first one is the one I want to focus on, though, because I have some strong feelings about this first goal. It, it is It's terrible defending from everybody on the team, but I want to point out a couple guys specifically. First of all, Evander. For Portland, take a bow, my friend. That was some fancy footwork to get the ball looped over. But the ball should have never continued from there. Andrew Brody completely whiffs an opportunity to, to make a clearance and just doesn't even stick with it. Like, it's just standing around. Like, what are you doing? Clear the ball, do something, whatever. That's not even the biggest worry that I have of this goal. The biggest concern I have is once the Portland player gets the ball on the edge of the, the box or on the bottom of the, the line and loops it up like for the cross that is one of the like the highest crosses i have ever seen where a goal has scored had been scored like that ball is in the air for so long for so much time and it's it's shocking to me that mcmath doesn't go for it that glad doesn't go for it i think they thought that each other were going for it but the fact that like none of them do anything the ball's just in the air for so long like it's just so much time and Moreno's there for a wide open header. Like yep. that sucks. It's and then, it's a lack of communication. None it, it of them was. communicated who was, was who was getting it. But then when the ball was hit or when it was headed by Santiago Moreno, I don't know if I've ever seen a goalkeeper more disinterested in making a save than McMath on that one. The ball is headed like almost directly at him. Like I understand it's a hard hit shot. Sure. Maybe you don't have fast enough reactions. The ball is like at his shoulder length, man. Like it's right there. And he just he just misses it. Like then after the goal, he just he seemed like he didn't care. He seemed disinterested about the whole thing. For me, it, it's it's been some it's been a few things, but for me, that right there was a moment where I say, Zach, you're done. Like, and I don't know if this is an overreaction, but it's Zach McMath, you're done for the season. I'm throwing in beavers. Because Beavers, I don't know if he makes that save, but maybe he at least tries. It's, it's for me. It's I don't know. Maybe it's easier say, said I, than done. But I don't know that Beavers makes that save, and I probably feel a little bit differently about McMath in that in that situation than you do, because I don't know. There's a whole lot that he can do. I think he's relying on on Justin Glad or you know Hidalgo to step to it. I think he could have gotten and, to the ball, and and maybe he could have. And and I think if you if you put responsibility on him, it's it's for him to communicate that for him to yell at his players it's yeah. for him to say to someone that they need to go head that bar that they need to go challenge it, or that they need to be up on it or that he's running to it uh if you give up a shot in that position you're you're probably getting scored on and so i can't fault him for not making a save there or not knowing where the ball is going to go um i think it's more so the the communication aspect of it but i honestly don't have a ton else to say uh, about Same. this game um it really sucks that we lose to portland who's bottom of the table especially in a time where we're looking to, you know, start climbing again and start building upon uh, performances. Um, so obviously we, we got there eventually, but that happened in the next game after. I think you and I both agree RSL should have won that Portland game. Um, or at least like, tied it. Or at least tied it, sure. 
Uh, Portland's yeah. not a great team, so should have played better. Um, Brian Vera does get the assist on that goal from Chicho Arango as he fired the shot, just slightly deflected. So it's great to see Brian Vera getting an assist there, which kind of leads in to the next game. RSL played a home game against the Colorado Rapids, a.k.a. the Colorado Rapids 2. Uh, they are one and the same at this point. And so uh, RSL playing against Colorado in this game. Home game, as I mentioned, Brian Vera again. Having a great, I would say it's over the span of what, like 30 or so game minutes. Brian Vera gets a goal in the 19th minute. Now, this isn't just any goal. This is a free kick opportunity. And remember, no Pablo Ruiz. So RSL gives Brian Vera, our center back, an opportunity to hit this, this shot. It's not even the best placed free kick in the world. It's just very hard hit. And it's too much for the Colorado goalkeeper to take care of. And so the ball goes into the net. And Brian Farah gets his first goal with RSL um, in this game. 19th minute. Massive goal. Fans were ecstatic to see it. And uh, it's been a while since uh, since RSL has had a game like this. Where they have had something to really cheer about. RSL's in lead up 1-0. Um, and then just out of halftime, uh, Michael Chang. Playing in this game on the left, he started, uh, takes the corner and crosses it into none other than Chicho Oranga, who gets a close header past the goalkeeper for the second goal for RSL. RSL goes on to win this game 2-0. This was very much expected. I had said on our last episode that if they did not win this game, they do not deserve to go to the playoffs. So thank goodness that they won um, because this was, I think, a must-win game for RSL. They came through. I would have personally liked to have seen more goals, and I thought that there definitely were opportunities there for more goals. Like this game probably should have been won, like three or four to zero, but uh, two to zero. It's a shutout. It's a win. Two goals. I guess I can't complain too much, but I don't know. What do you think, Cody? I think. Uh, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, obviously, Brian Vera getting involved in the attack to start the scoring here, and. I mean, that free kick goal came out of nowhere. I remember when he went to kick it, I, I looked over to you and said, please don't go for goal, Vera. And he did. And holy cow, I was happy that he did afterwards, obviously. But yeah, just a, an amazing strike from him. And, and I think that kind of falls in line with his left foot outside the box. is is pretty dangerous. Um, and hopefully we can get some more production there in, in a similar way that Pablo Ruiz did. Um, I love to see the way Chicho evol- involves himself in, in goals. He seeks out the ball. He seeks out shots on target. Uh, he doesn't play a passive role. Um, and obviously in this game, that, that's what, what you know gave us the dagger. That's what put the nail in the coffin against Colorado. Um, yep. Something I want to point out across the board is player ratings on FootMob are all generally good in this game, except for Demir. Uh, yep. He ends the game lowest rated at 68 He's the only player on the team that's below seven. He's actually the only player on the team below 7.1. And I think that it is becoming more and more evident as he plays next to Chicho that he's kind of a hole on the field. Uh, He only really provides you hold-up play. And in those moments, you're expecting him to be able to pass out of that hold-up play. And I think really that's all he can do. He can't dribble around people as well. He can't run past people as well. And I think that ends up being a big detriment. And back to our point earlier, I think that's what Musovsky does provide you. Uh, Musovsky can get the ball past people. He can dribble past people. Yeah, he may not be as good at the holdup play, but I think Chicho does pretty well at the holdup play. And we don't need two players that provide that. We just need the best one that does it. Um, so to me, this game was a pretty strong argument to get Demir out of the starting lineup and... Hopefully they can resolve those contract issues with uh, with Musovsky and we can get him back out there next to Chicho. And I think that strengthens our attack, attack right there. I hate to say this, but I think Dami's cooked. I think he's done. I, th- I think it might be time. Uh, early in the season, he had some goals and he looked okay. But he's just, he's not consistent. And you mentioned he's, he just kind of seemed like he was a big hole for the team in this game. Um, def- definitely doesn't have the pace, I don't think, anymore to keep up, especially with a press. If RSL is going to be pressing, 
Jameer Kreluk is not the quintessential guy you want playing up top to have that press done. It's definitely more of a Masazki or even a Rubin that has a little bit more pace. Um, I, I worry. I worry for Demir Krylock. I think next year, I think next year he, he probably should be a bench warmer. And I don't know if he is. I bet Pablo probably brings him in because there's got to be some sort of loyalty to him at this point for everything he's done for the club. Um, but I, it, it's sad. It's really sad to see. I think he's, I, I think his, his career with RSL at the very least is, I would say for the most part, it's effectively done. Yeah, I think he I, he provides value still. Uh, I think within the team, Leadership. he just doesn't provide anything close to what he used to. And if that is not evidently clear to to uh, Pablo uh, and the rest of the coaching staff, it, it should be now after this game. He is letting the team down in what he's being asked to do. Um, and if he can't figure that out, he shouldn't be in that spot. So yeah, I agree. Um, uh, RSL pretty thoroughly dominated this game, 17 shots to wrap the Rapids six, um, five on target as opposed to the Rapids three. Um, I mean, just took total advantage of this game, eight corners as opposed to four for the Rapids. Rapids had a total of 21 fouls committed in this game. Um, just liked to foul, I guess. Um, it was, it was a thoroughly dominated game by RSL. And with this win, they officially win the Rocky Mountain Cup. They had beaten Colorado earlier this season. So with two wins, it will not matter on decision day what the result is, though. It might for RSL for a playoff game. But for the Rocky Mountain Cup, it won't matter. Um, RSL has won the Rocky Mountain Cup. It's good to at least, at least get, I guess, that hardware this year. Um, hopefully, we can get a second piece um, winning MLS Cup. But um, but I don't know. Um, Brian Oviedo starts this game. As I mentioned, Michael Chang, who gets the assist, Starts as well, Jefferson Savarino and Demir Krylock and Chicho. Um, some some switches and alterations from the previous game against Portland. Um, we see Bodie Hidalgo, Anderson Julio, Diego Luna, Rubio Rubin, and Emeka Anelli come off the bench in this one to see the rest of the game out. Um, after Rubio Rubin in the, the 59th minute, the next substitutions were Julio and Luna in the 76th. So those guys were just really in to see the game out more than anything else. Um... I, I, like I said, I felt like it was a good win. I wish we could have had more. Yeah, and I would have liked to see more in this game. To hit on your point a little bit, this is the last thing I'll say about this game: is there was a goal over, or there was a ball over the top for Anderson Julio at the end of the game where he was offside. Diego Luna was making the same run, except he was in an onside yes. position from making that run, and julio takes the ball down i mean it's it's he's through on goal it's him and the keeper he scores it but obviously gets called back for being offside and diego luna was was pretty visibly frustrated about that um which sucks because i do think if if julio had the awareness to know that diego luna was making that run and was still able to get there that that could have been a goal for diego luna that wouldn't have gotten called back so there definitely was more opportunity here I want to see Diego Luna continue to get more involved, whether that's creating chances or getting in positions to score. So anyway, all in all, it was a solid win. It was needed. Um, and hopefully we can, we can get some more going forward. I see your Luna and I will raise you a Julio because at a different point in the game, Diego Luna was coming down the field and really should have made a pass to a pretty wide open. Anderson Julio did not make the pass and Julio was very frustrated. So I think they were frustrated with each other at different points in the game. To be Just fair, be. Um, and frustrated RSL fans because if those two decisions had been made, this would have been 4-0, honestly. Um, so it's a little unfortunate, but we move on. Um, getting the three points at home is huge, especially for this point in the season. For RSL, um, just as a reminder, after that Colorado game, RSL currently sits in fourth place, tied with LAFC for third at 40 total points, 27 games played. That is one less game played than Seattle, which is in second place. And St. Louis controlling the West at the top. First place, 48 points for them. Houston is just below us in fifth place with 39 points. So one point less than it's Vancouver with 38. Minnesota with 37. San Jose with 37. I'll say Dallas, I guess, with 34. But um, I mean, Austin with 33. Portland with 33. Goodness, Sporting Kansas City, 32. Um, this is a really tight race in the West. So these it are some is. big games. <laughs> it really always is. These are some huge games coming up for our, for RSL. Um, it's it's go time, and I do not want to have a decision day game 
where we are, where we like need to win on decision day to get in. We need a home playoff game. And so RSL needs to step it up and start winning some of these games. They have an opportunity to do that this weekend in a really big game, honestly, against San Jose. This game is on the road in San Jose, 8.30 p.m. kickoff time, Saturday, September 16th. San Jose is currently eighth in the West, as I mentioned. They're on 37 points, which is three points less than RSL, with a total of nine wins, 10 draws, and nine losses. This is a really big game for RSL, and I, I certainly, certainly hope that they have done their preparation. Now, what does worry me is we saw what happens when this team has a bit of a rest. They played horrible against Houston. Granted, Houston was in peak form, but they played really bad. Like, they weren't even close to ready. And I worry that now they've had an international break and it's been a while since they've played. Are we going to see the same thing against against San Jose on the road? I, I tend to think that maybe it goes there. And another thing to keep in mind, in case you aren't aware, San Jose has been very, very good at home this season. They have only lost two games all season at home um, out of a total of 14. 14 games. So two of 14 games they have lost. They've drawn five and they've they've won seven of them. So pretty good team at home, um, which worries me. But I think RSL is desperate enough to be able to get something. Unfortunately, I don't think we get all three points. Um, I mentioned that San Jose is a good team at home. RSL really needs this game. And so I think both teams are going to be fighting quite a bit for this one the best i can do for rsl the most positive thing i can offer up is a draw um and so i'm going to say 2-2 draw this game ends and both teams take a point cody what do you think interesting i was i was actually going to say a 2-2 draw as well but do the it. more i think about it the more i do think it. that we we have to show at some point that we mean business and in my optimistic world, that's us rolling into San Jose and getting a win and saying, we've figured out the midfield. We've figured out our attack. It's not as good as it was with Pablo, but it is still good. Um, and so I'm going to say a 3-1 win in San Jose. Wow. Um, and uh, I won't be surprised if I'm right, but I also won't be surprised if I'm wrong. Um, because I... I there, I think there's a level of unpredictability right now with RSL. We don't know if we're going to see the team that rolled out against Colorado. We don't know if we're going to see the team that rolled out back-to-back against Houston Dynamo. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm inclined to think this kind of a break is good right now. It gave us some time to take a step back, analyze where our missteps were, and hopefully figure out how to capitalize on our strengths with the current roster that we have. So I'm going to say a 3-1 win in San Jose. Interesting. Um, ones to watch. I really, really wanted to make mine Emeka and Nelly because I do think that, that that dude needs some confidence. He needs he needs to have a stellar performance at some point to get his confidence back because he has been torched lately, which is sad because he's played well really all season until the last few games. Um, and I think he needs to get back on track. He's a big vital part of this team at right back. So I want to see him have a good game. He's not going to be my one to watch though. My one to watch will officially be Danny Musrubio Rubin. I, I, I'm the kind of in striker. between the second striker, but at the same time, I'm really interested to see if RSL has been able to work anything out with Danny Masovsky. Like if, is he still gone from practice? Like, has he just not like, I, I would assume he's probably not available again for this game, which stinks really bad. If he's available, he should be starting, and I I would hope he had a, would have a good game. He would be my one to watch. Let's assume he's not starting. You cannot roll out Demir, and I'm worried they're going to do the same thing and roll him out. I don't think you can roll out Demir Krylock. I think it's going to be Rubio Rubin. He's going to be my one to wa- watch, and I think I think he's got a good chance to score a goal in this game. Um. But it's going to be tough. Uh, I think I need Rubio Rubin to come through for me and and play well. Um, just off of international duty, so he may not start, may get a little bit of a rest. 
And it may be a guy like Anderson Julio, which I'm not totally mad about. Maybe Rubin comes in as a substitute later or something. But uh, I think Rubin's going to be a central. I'm feeling it. So I'm going to call my shot. Ruby Rubin for this game is so I wanted to watch. I don't mind it. Uh, I am going to go with someone who is in the midfield and someone who needs to be relied upon, I think, a little bit more. I'm going to say Jefferson Severino. And I and that is because he used to be the go-to guy that we said, you know, hey, he's our best player. We expect him to get a goal or an assist every single game. And we haven't expected that of him recently, and we haven't needed to. Uh, but I think right now it's we're at a point where he either needs to assist Chicho or needs to score himself. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he's going to be my one to watch, and I'm going to predict a, a goal and an assist for Jefferson Savarino in this game. I love it. I would love to see that Savarino getting a goal and assist be great. It'd be even better if RSL could manage to get a win. Make sure to tune in to see if that actually does happen. Like I mentioned, September 16th, Saturday at 8.30 p.m. will be kickoff time for RSL versus San Jose in San Jose. Do not want to miss it because it is a very essential game for both teams at this point in the season. Both teams needing points in this game. Once again, thank you all for listening to the episode today. That is all that we have for you. That is all she wrote for this one. If you haven't already, be sure to follow us at RSL Season Pass on Twitter and find all of our episodes at www.rslseasonpass.com. Once again, thank you all to to all of you who have left a rating and or review. Very much appreciate it, as well as if you've dropped a question in the Pod Trivia database. If you haven't, go ahead and do it. Now's your opportunity to do so, so that Alex isn't disappointed with you, because we don't like a disappointed an angry and unhappy Alex. We know how that goes. It adds an extra 10 minutes to the episodes. And we know that you all are busy and have stuff to do. So go ahead and leave a question in the Pod Trivia database for us. Once again, you can find the absent Alex Maurer on Twitter at Alex Maurer. You can find Cody at the Kodiak1. And you can find me at Ethan Kershaw9. Once again, thank you all very much for listening to the episode this week. We hope you are energized, pumped, and excited for this weekend's game. And we will talk to you all hopefully soon, but hopefully next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of RSL Season Pass. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you download your podcasts. If you didn't enjoy the show, uh, please keep that to yourself. Be sure to check back next week for a new episode. Same time, same place.